already heard that Jesus' life wasn't taken from him, he willingly laid it down. The story of Jesus suffering on the cross was vividly foretold in Psalm 22. Jesus' death is poetically described as he walks through the valley of the shadow of death in Psalm 23. And Jesus' resurrection and ascension back into heaven as the all-conquering king was foreseen in Psalm 24. And this trilogy of prophetic psalms about Jesus was written by King David 1,000 years before being fulfilled in the Easter story. And now in Acts 2, after the Easter story, we read that Jesus' disciples address this big crowd that have gathered around them. By the way, these are the same men who only a couple of months ago had fled the scene when Jesus was arrested. They'd watched from a safe distance as Jesus was unfairly tried, brutally beaten and then cruelly crucified. These same disciples had then run and hid, petrified of what might happen to them as associates of Jesus. Take Peter, the courageous, burly fisherman who said, I'll die with you, Jesus. Even if everyone else abandons you, you can count on me. But when push came to shove, he denied even knowing Jesus. And not just once, but three times. Three times he said he didn't know Jesus after Jesus had been arrested. Imagine it. Seven weeks ago, Peter was a quivering, nervous wreck, pretending he didn't even know Jesus, and now he's this bold as brass, no-holds-barred street preacher for Jesus. Seven weeks ago, all of these disciples were desperate to get out of Jerusalem, away from the danger zone. There was a manhunt there to arrest and imprison them for being linked with Jesus, and now here they are, standing in Jerusalem city center at nine in the morning, openly telling everyone they are die-hard followers of Jesus. So what had changed? I mean, something must have changed because they had definitely changed. Well, it's this. They'd all witnessed that Jesus had been raised from the dead. This was the game changer. They're now talking to a crowd of people who knew Jesus had died. I mean, some of these people had seen Jesus die for themselves. And here's Peter declaring to this same group of people that Jesus is alive. Listen to his words, words we just heard read out in the last song. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. What is Peter saying? He's saying Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. And not only is he alive, he is Lord and Messiah. He's Lord, that means he's the greatest. Numero uno, the ultimate champion and ruler, the king of the cosmos. He's Messiah, that means he's the Christ, the chosen one, the unique, universal savior, the only one who could ever save us. Jesus came to die for you and me, to pay the price for the death penalty that our sins deserved. Sin essentially, it's our mistakes, isn't it? It's our rebellion and selfishness that comes from wanting independence from God and this sin separates us from a good God. Only God is truly good and he has to judge sin and rightly so. I mean, think about it. We all expect wrongs to be judged and punished. At Easter, we remember that although we deserve to be punished, God chose to take our punishment on himself. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. The good news is that Jesus was willing as God's perfect son to become a man. He lived a perfect, sinless life so he could step in and take our death penalty on himself. That's what he did when he suffered and died on the cross. And as evidence that this was enough, God raised him from the dead and welcomed him back into heaven as king over all. The one who had beaten sin, crushed sickness and conquered death, Jesus is both Lord and Messiah. Jesus was and is our living hope. The Bible tells us that he's still alive today and I 
totally believe it. God gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. When we put Jesus first, when we put our faith in him, we too are changed. He picks us up as we turn to him, restoring our relationship with God, our loving heavenly father. He cleans us up as we go through the waters of baptism, washing away our past mistakes and failures, bad habits and attitudes. He fills us up with the Holy Spirit who helps us and gives us power to live our everyday lives in a way that pleases God. And he joins us up with other Christians to become part of God's amazing, diverse, united family on earth, the church. He changed Peter's life. He changed the lives of the disciples. He's changed the lives of billions of men and women and children all over the world. He's changed my life and the lives of many people I know. He may have changed your life or the life of your neighbor or relative, maybe a workmate or fellow student or friend. He will change your life if he hasn't already. We don't need to live in fear or be controlled by greed or weighed down by guilt. We don't have to be lost or lonely. We don't have to be selfish or arrogant to survive. I want you to know that you can know peace with God today as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. We'd love to help you find out more about this good news. Jesus is our living hope. Please get in touch with us. You might be watching this through a local church's online platform or Facebook or YouTube, and so you know who to contact. But just to say that we meet in churches across the UK and you'll see a list of churches that have contributed to this Easter extravaganza at the end. Any of us would love to hear from you and help you in any way that we can. Thanks so much for listening. Have a very happy Easter.